0: You know, Jesus Christ said the weirdest thing I ever heard in my life. He said, those who decide to try and keep their life will lose it. But he said, those who decide to give up their life or lose their life for my sake will gain it. Jesus is trying to show you what it looks like to become selfless. You become selfless by dying to yourself. If you're on a team, you might need to remind yourself every so freaking often that you are not that important the way you feel is not that important if somebody said something to you that hurts your freaking feelings you're not that important die to yourself and you will gain your life thank you for wrapping us in your loving arms today we felt your presence throughout the day by comforting us strengthening us and loving us we owe this life to you lord and we cannot do anything without you as we rest God, we pray that you will restore our health, our strength, and our joy, that we may wake up tomorrow filled with thanksgiving. May your hands uphold us and let not the plans of the enemy prosper against us. In you, Lord, we put our trust in our future. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. From Cajun Jarhead on X. The drugs, the dealers, the guns, the killers The boxes in the ring, the thriller, Emma Miller The hood, the block, the voice of the ghetto The all-around hustler, neighborhood <laughs> What's up, guys? RNG here from the Stone Vet USMC Super excited to be back with you guys again this week, dude We are in Chapter 9, dude That means we got one more chapter left after this, dude I'm hoping you guys are getting something out of this, man I'm hoping that you guys are... Learning to heal from the trauma that you've endured while serving our country, right? A lot of us deal with a lot of childhood trauma as well, you know, that we got before we joined the military and before we went through all the crap we went through while serving our country. So I'm hoping that during these past nine weeks, we're going we're going nine weeks this week, hopefully during these past nine weeks, you guys have been learning how to cope and how to deal with your trauma that you've endured, you know, I mean, it sucks, right? Trauma facing our trauma head on is just, it's miserable. It is absolutely miserable and just sucks to have to face head on, dude. Like, I'm dealing with it right now, right? Especially in my marriage right now. We're struggling. Marriage is hurting, right? Like, because I'm selfish and I do a lot of stuff. Like, I told you guys, the first 40 years I screwed up. I turned 40 last year and it was like a wake up call to me. Like, damn, I messed that first 40 up. I've got to do better this forty, right? And it's already not turning out good right now. I mean, it's talking with the wife and stuff. Like, she's upset with me with about a bunch of junk, right? And that's one of my hardest problems, trying to talk to her. Because I don't know how I feel. I don't know what my emotions are. And, you know, always turn everything back on me because I'm the bad guy. I'm the one that did this. I'm the, yeah, I get it. I understand that, right? But that's trauma, right? That's trauma I'm trying to learn how to freaking work on and how to deal with, right? So that I can be a better husband for her, you know? So, I mean, just like any other marriage, though, right? How many of y'all struggle with your marriage? It sucks, dude. It does. It, it sucks. It hurts. It's hard. It sucks. But we have to deal with it. We have to go through it and we have to work with it so that we can be better people, right? That's our goal is to be a better person, isn't it? And so it's just one of the things that we have to learn. How do we How do we work on our trauma? And why I got to like tell you guys, I got a counselor I see once a week. I see once a week and I've talked to her and a lot of stuff, I mean, she's, she agrees with me on a bunch of stuff, you know, which is cool, you know, but I'm trying to learn how to be this man, right? how to be this good man that everybody wants to be around That everybody wants to hang out with and just enjoy their time with. And it's hard, dude, like trying to work on trauma and trying to get through it you know it's it sucks you know it does it sucks but we have to do it if not then there's no reason right there's no reason to be doing it right if we just want to be by ourselves right then don't work on it right so this week we're in chapter nine called damage control dude so we're getting through you know those five steps that we have to go through right we're getting through that, right this week we're going over chapter uh step number four but the chapter, chapter nine is called Damage Control, right? Uh, Pastor Todd goes on in here. He says, uh, David relied on God's timing to put him on the throne rather than fighting King Saul to take it. Now, regardless of his shortcomings as a father and a king, he chose, he chooses to trust God again rather than fighting Absalom to keep the throne, right? We find the king and all his household now running for their lives from Absalom's army, right? So Absalom, his son, is coming to dethrone his father, right? How many of us ever how many of us have, have children that are older than us, right? Or not older than us, that's stupid. But are older, right? They're they're bigger, right? They're grown adults, right? And how many times do we feel like, man, this guy <laughs> Like, this is back in the day, dude. Long, 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 long time ago. Right? To go and be like, my son's coming to take my throne. How many of y'all got kids that are old enough that you think they could, right? David asked Ziba, right? You remember Ziba, right? He was the helper. He asked Ziba, hey, where, where's, Mephibosheth, where's Mephibosheth? Saul's grandson. Zeba said that uh, he stayed in jerusalem he said today i will get back the kingdom of my grandfather Saul." right that's what this is what ziba said that, that he's just gonna stay there right that that fibs is gonna stay in jerusalem right but so what can fibs do he's paralyzed right he's paraplegic he, ain't, he can't use his legs right so how is he gonna fight anything he ain't got no legs to stand on he don't have two legs to stand on man In that case the king told Ziba I give you everything Mephibosheth owns So king David told Ziba I'm going to give you everything that Mephibosheth owns If Mephibosheth is going to stay in Jerusalem He said then I'm just going to give it all to Ziba right And then fibs No you turned on king David You bit the hand that fed you After everything the king has done To bless you I can't believe his disloyalty and betrayal you a liar, a cheater, a deceiver, a heartbreaker, right? This is what we're thinking, right? Phibs just dished the king, right? He ditched King David, right? From what we know, that's what Ziba told us. Ziba didn't want to go with the king, he didn't want to run away with the king, right? What we all know that's a lie because fibs is so grateful for the king, right? Because the king said, You can eat at my table every day now, right? This lying dead dog was able to come to the king's table every day, right? And the king gave him everything back that his grandfather and his dad owned, right? And so that's what we're reading here is that he betrayed King David, right? I mean, if your own son has betrayed you and is trying to overthrow your kingdom, it's probably not shocking that the old king's grandson is trying to do the same. If Absalom is trying to take over everything, why wouldn't Mephibosheth say, screw it, I'm going to take everything over too, right? Team up with Absalom, right? To take the kingdom, Brack, right? Because it's honestly Fibs' kingdom. It belonged to his granddad, right? His dad was going to inherit it before David took over, right? David's reaction to transfer everything Fib has to Zeba's ownership, right? That was his reaction. If Fibs if, if is going to leave me and dish me, screw it, then I'm going to take everything away from him and give it to Zeba, right? Since Zeba has been the property manager, right? Remember in the last chapter? They said Zeba is pretty much the facility manager, the property manager. He took care of the land for Fibs. All the cattle and everything else, the grain and everything that was part of the farm, Zeba was taken care of. That was his responsibility, remember? Right? According to Fibs' report, which he gives to David upon the king's return to Jerusalem after, spoiler alert, Absalom's death, Zeba left out a few key details and made up a couple of more. So now Zeba's lying, dude. Zeba in here lying to the king. Zeba's been itchy, hasn't he? He's been kind of sketchy the whole time, I think. I mean, ever since David took over the kingdom from uh, Saul, right? Zeba's been kind of sketchy, dude. To me, reading the book, he's been sketchy to me, right? You go to go read first and second Samuel, like I tell you guys every week, dude. You can see how sketchy Zeba really was, right? He just touches a little bit in the book. But if you actually read the chapters, 1 and 2 Samuel, you'll see who Zeba truly is, right? Why didn't you come with me, Mephibosheth? The king asked. Why didn't you why didn't you come with me? You just wanted me to go by myself? You weren't gonna come with me? You didn't love me no more, right? My lord, the king, my servant, Zeba deceived me. I told him, saddle my donkey so I can go with the king. For as you know, I'm crippled, man. I'm paraplegic, dude. I ain't got no legs. I asked the dude to prepare my donkeys for me so I could go with you, dude. Zeba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come. Dude, I told you, Zeba's a sketchy, sketchy character, dude. How many of you guys know a Ziba that's kind of sketchy, dude, when you're doing whatever you do in your life? We know sketchy people like that, don't we? People that just kind of just do their own thing. They don't care about helping you or doing what you need to do, right? He says the details don't match up. Fibs says Zeba betrayed him. Zeba says Fibs betrayed the king. Which one's telling the truth, man? It's like I tell people, dude. There's three sides to every story, right? your side, their side, and the truth of what actually happened, right? You're going to say it the way you felt that you believe that it happened, right? Because you you felt like that happened that way, right? That guy's going to say, no, it happened this way. This is how we did it. This is how it happened. This is what happened between this. And then there's the truth of what actually happened, right? Have you ever seen those? Uh, what is it? progressive or geico commercials where they throw the red flag and they say oh you said this and he said nah so he throw the red flag and they go to replay it right and see it right that's what he's saying dude he said nah man zebra betrayed me dude he didn't want to help me out i was trying to come with you king david i love you dude i was gonna i was trying to come with you but i ain't got no legs i can't do nothing and i asked this fool to help me out and he didn't want to help me out right Here's the twist you might not see. it, You might not see coming because I didn't. The Bible doesn't say what. I'm serious. God's word doesn't say straight out which guy is telling the truth and which one is lying his butt off, dude. It don't even say in the Bible, dude. God didn't even want to talk about the truth about what really happened. That's why I remember when he said, man, I wish there was like a director's cut where they could talk about what they were thinking when this happened. Right. So we could get a better idea and understanding of what was actually going on at the time when Absalom was coming to take over the kingdom. Right. To see who was telling the actual truth, man. We don't know. Right. When I read the story the first time, I was like, did they leave something out? Is the Bible missing some pages? How are they not gonna tell me what's up between Fibs and Zeba? One of them having an affair, one of them did something or something. But I mean, what could Fibs really do, man? He was paraplegic. What did, what could he have really have done to Zeba, dude? He didn't have two legs to stand on, right? What kind of what kind of drama did they have between the two of them? What were they not telling us? What are we not reading? What are we not understanding from the Bible, right? But, that, but then I did deeper study and discovered that the narrator is using technique every great movie director relies on. He's showing instead of telling. As readers, we're supposed to take a second and even a third look to see what's really going on. It's not spelled out, but everything we need to know is right here in the details. When we look closer fib shows us that he's on step four of the healing process right remember there's five steps to the healing process and we've been talking about him for the past four weeks now right uh, past four weeks we've been talking about the healing process right remember the hit and that's step one we did that check step two recognize the hurt what is the hurt that's hurting so bad that you continue dwelling on right we figured that one out right if you have to go back a couple of chapters and work through that again to figure out what that hurt was why are you still hurting man i gotta go back myself i still crap. got crap that hurts me every day dude and i still keep living and dwelling in it dude but we have to work through it dude it sucks dude Step three, realize the hindrance. How is our hurt hindering us from being a better person? Right? How is your hurt, what you are dealing with right now today, hindering you as a husband, as a father, as a boyfriend, as a girlfriend? How is your hurt hindering you from being the best that you can be? Right? And then this week, step four, rest in humility. What is that? What is rest in humility? It's time to do this, is what he's saying. It's time to rest in humility What is humility? How do we work through humility? Right? And then step five, receive God's healing. That I guarantee that's gonna be the last chapter, chapter ten. Right? Do you know what damage control is? It's when the situation is taking a nosedive. And you do everything you can to keep it from the crash and burn. Pretty stressful, ain't it? But fibs doesn't panic. You don't have to panic either, right? Step number four. Rest in humility. Take the low road. Right? He says, I love to watch people, he's, he's talking, he's a, you know, like I said, you guys gotta get this book so you can read it, right? I'm only reading bits and pieces from the chapter, right? Stuff that highlighted that I thought was important for me to share with you guys on a weekly basis. Go pick up the book. You will not be discouraged. You will not be upset about this book. It is a really good book. I read this chapter today and I thought I read it a little bit too fast. I was like, there's gotta be more pages, right? But I was, you get into it, this is really resourceful information that we need to be able to grow to be better human beings in this population that we're in right now, right? He's at the airport, right? And he said one of the things he likes to do, I love to watch people whose plane is about to leave race to the gate, dude. You ever been at the airport and you're like, dude, my plane's landing and it's all the way on this side of the airport and my next flight lives in five minutes and it's all the way on the other side of the airport, you guys know what it's like being in the military. That's how it always was, wasn't it? Whenever you freaking got a layover, or you got to change flights. You'd be on one side of the airport and the other plane's all the way on the side. And you got like four minutes to get to the other side of the airport. We know what that's like, dude. It sucks, dude. He said, he thinks it's hilarious, right? When those boarding doors are about to close, you better run, force, run. Right? Because we know what it's like when we are running with our bags and everything. Like, oh my gosh, I got to get over here to the gate. They're going to close it. They're going to leave without me. Sometimes it's worth losing your dignity to get to your destination. I confess, I have more than once had to lose my cool to make my connection. Mephibosheth gets this concept. The first thing to notice about Phib's condition when the king gets back is that the man stinks. He is funky. He needs a shower and a shave. He needs to change his drawers. The robes he got on could stand up by themselves and should be lit on fire far away from everyone who enjoys breathing. You think Phibs would make some effort to get himself c- correct, cleaned up before going out to meet the king, right? But when we study the cultural norms of that time and place, we discover that his intentional funkiness is showing us How to ride out a storm of potentially damaging circumstances instead of getting pulled under. What do you guys think? Hearing that. He rode out the storm and he wanted to show the king, look, dude, look at me, dude. I wanted to be with you. I wanted to be right there next to you when we were fleeing the city. Why do you think I need a shower? Why do you think I stink so bad? Why do you think I need a shave? Because I was trying to get to you, right? He says, something about Fibs' situation rings a bell, remember? Something about an emergency palace evacuation. This is Fibs' second emergency evacuation, remember? When David came, right? When Jonathan died and Saul died, right? You Remember when David came, right? He went through something exactly like that when he was five. You guys remember that, right? (coughs) When he was five years old, he already went through an evacuation from the palace, right? When the person assigned to help him, his babysitter dropped him, instead damaging his legs for the rest of his life. And now years later, he's probably in his 30s by now, right? Years later, there's another palace evacuation situation and Zeba is the person assigned to help, dude. This sorry SOB Zeba, dude, was assigned to help. But according to Fibs, instead of saddling the donkey so the boss could stay close to the king, Zeba walks away from the responsibilities and leaves Fibs behind, trying to damage him again. Because Fibs can't do nothing, dude. He ain't got no legs. He can't load a donkey. He can't prepare a donkey for, for a ride. He's got no legs, dude at that point phibs has a choice he can let ziba's action destroy him and let load the bar back into his life or he can let all the time he has spent with the king shape his response to a sudden change of circumstances have you ever heard the phrase sackcloth and ashes it's common in many cultures to express grief in a physical and obvious way to mourn both inwardly and outwardly in phibs's day people would show the sorrow by replacing their regular clothing with cheap cloth used to bag and store grain and smearing ashes on their exposed skin and hair. Phibbs' funkiness is evidence that he didn't put on a party. He didn't put on party clothes to celebrate the overthrow of David's reign. He didn't pretty himself up to welcome Absalom, the insurrectionist to the palace. He deliberately went unwashed and ungroomed to demonstrate Where his loyalties lie. He wants everybody. Including the rightful king to know. He is. Team David to the bone. Ride or die. This guy was loyal dude. This guy was loyal to the. This guy took over his kingdom. But he's still loyal to him. Why do you think that is dude? Because he offered him a uh, seat at his table you think? Because he showed him the love that he would have showed his, his dad, Jonathan? Is that why Fibs is, is loyal? You tell me, guys. Are you loyal to somebody like that? I hope you are. Through and through, loyal, loyal, loyal. Through and through, you know? He says, think about it. Kings David's entire royal court, wives, kids... Army generals, cooks, stable hands, everybody ab- abandons the palace. And Fibs is left completely alone. The king's servants carried him to the palace. And the palace is where he'll stay unless someone carries him away, right? Because he can't walk. And freaking Absalom is coming. The smart play would be to go along, to get along with the new guy, to play both sides and try to survive no matter which way the family drama shakes out, right? Because Absalom's his son. It's King David's son. But instead, of the, but instead of the smart play, Mephibosheth makes the faithful play. He doesn't care about looking foolish. He cares only about keeping his connection with the king. He gets humble. He takes the low road, right? Say I'm going to be loyal to King David. I want to make sure that he knows that I'm honest and I'm loyal. Right? This is a hard one for me, but maybe not in the way you think. The hardest thing about being hot, humble, open, and transparent about the stupid, sinful stuff I've done, porn addiction, premarital sex, car insurance fraud, etc., Because I know the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Talking about my failures keep me accountable and keeps the devil defeated. What's hard for me is being vulnerable. How many of y'all struggle with being vulnerable? I do. I struggle with being vulnerable every day, dude. I can't even be vulnerable to my wife, man. I don't know why it sucks I like to be I want to be I have to make the effort to be looking weak saying ouch I wish I could be strong and proud and cool and still be healed you know but it's just not possible humility makes space for the holy spirit Ooh, there's the humility right ain't that what step four is Reset to humility, right? Humility makes space for the Holy Spirit, huh? As I moved through the checklist toward healing, I remembered the hit. They never let me play. I recognized the hurt, and I realized the hindrance. But if I was ever going to make it to step five, I needed a hush. And reset to humility. I needed to hear from God. Understand progressively. Share intimately. And get to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter. Was that I was a grown man. Whose damaged inner 13 year old. Needed a hug from Jesus. How old were you when you first got hurt? Say that. In the heart of the matter was that I was a grown man whose damaged inner whatever age needed a hug from Jesus. You know and I know we both need hugs from Jesus, right? We love that compassion. We love that touch. We love that feeling of being held and saying everything's going to be okay. Right? Right? We carry a lot of stress with us every day that we don't need to be carrying. We carry a lot of stress, guys. And we got to let it go. We just got to give it to Jesus. Take off your burdens, dude. Let Jesus have your burdens. Right? He said it himself. My burdens are easy and my yokes are light. You guys are carrying it around, dude. It is heavy carrying that crap around with us every day. Trying to work through it. Hopefully that it won't affect us that day. Hopefully it don't affect us today. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. Right? And that's why my man Fibs is the prototype. Stinky clothes, funky feet, nappy hair, don't care. Nobody but the king matters to him. Only the king's opinion counts. I want to be like Fibs. Right? The king knows best. Humility is natural when there's trust. And my child, trust me to know best. Humility is natural when there's trust. And my children, trust me to know best. Around the same time, I realized that my reluctance to be vulnerable was a hindrance. I also realized. That I didn't trust. God. The way my kids trust me. And so that's what he's saying guys. He said. I also realized that I didn't trust God. The way my kids trust me dude. How much do your kids trust you dude? To go and help them when they need your help. To be able to fix stuff around the house right. Can you fix my toy daddy? Daddy can you fix my bike? Can you help me with this video game? Can you help me with my homework? He said he couldn't put trust in God the way his kids trusted him, right? Instead of running to the Father the minute I got damaged by others or myself, I would try to sort it out in my own and then present him with a solution. I told myself I was helping God, and if that's possible, then I was... Then I saw how Mephibosheth handles himself with King David, and I learned better, right? How many of y'all do that, right? Especially if you guys are going to God, right? Going to God and say, look, dude, I'm hurting. I need some help or whatever, right? Let me show you what's going on. Let me da-da-da-da-da, right? God already knows what's going on with you. He already knows what you struggle with every day, dude. You can talk to him about it, but he already knows. You can't hide nothing from him. He He tells you the truth. He does it all, right? And so for for you guys to think that you can provide a solution to God and say, look, dude, this is what I'm going to do. This is my solution, right? It's a joke, dude. He's laughing at you like, you stupid, dude. He's that's not God's going to work. You know that, right? Zeba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come, but I know that my Lord, the King, is like an angel of God. So do what you think is best. You believe that? right he says fibs is humble enough to believe that the king knows best are you humble enough to believe that our king knows best are you humble enough to know that our king the lord jesus christ knows what's best for us dude you have to dude you don't even know what's best for you think about it dude how many of y'all think that you know what's best for you i know i do I struggle every freaking day with it do it because I think I know what's best for me right I want to be humble enough to believe it all day every day the truth is the more I trust him the easier it gets I think that's the hardest part dude I have I have issues with trusting him because I think I can do it better or that I can make sure that we don't get hurt that I can do it right but he's going on pastor todd is saying he's never failed me yet he's never he's never not been faithful he's never not worked it out he's never left me hanging he's never forsaken me he's never neglected me he's never abused me he's never rejected me god has never done any of those things to him the deep level of the king knows best trust is what i've been practicing lately When something doesn't go my way, I'm praying, Lord, you know best prayers. Even when I don't feel it down deep yet, I'm practicing deep level trust. Lord, you know best about my relationship. I trust you. Lord, you know best about my finances. I trust you. Lord, you know best about my career. I trust you. Lord, you know best about my family. I trust you. Lord, you know best about my influence. I trust you. Lord, you know best about the timing. I trust you. Now your turn. You may not feel it yet, and that's okay. Trust takes practice. Think about it, guys. Everything I just went through. Put your own things in there, right? Lord, you know best about what is it? Is it your career? Is it your relationship? Is it your kids? Is it finances? That's something that we need to be practicing, right? Like, Lord, you know best about. You say it, dude. I trust you i think that's the hardest part for us isn't it being a veteran is like saying that we trust somebody because we've been doing it all along on our own for so long that who who are we supposed to trust who can we trust right who can we trust i think that's the biggest issue is like when oh, i don't know about this dude uh, i don't know i don't want to trust you because i don't know who you are right but the lord says Put your trust in me, right? But Mephibosheth goes even a step beyond trust. You have honored me by allowing me to eat at your own table. That's what Phibs is telling King David, right? What more can I ask? I am content just to have you safely back again. King David, what matters most to me is being close to you. All the other stuff, property, wealth, status, it's just gravy. It sprinkles on top. It's all great. And I'm truly grateful, but I can live without it. Being in your presence, eating at your table, that's the only thing that matters to me because that's what changed my life. I just want to be a part of your story. That's faith, man. Phibes has some faith in King David. Could you ever say that to somebody? Do you love somebody that much to where you'd be like, dude, I just want to be in your presence, dude. I don't even care. We don't even have to go and do anything, dude. I just want to be with you. I just want to be able to look at you and stare at you. And that's it. I just want to be close to you. Have you guys ever felt like that about somebody? I don't even care if we talk, dude. I just want to be in the same room as you because I love your presence, right? I've got a woman downstairs just like that, dude, and she don't believe me. I tell her all the time, I say, I don't even care if we talk. I just want to sit here and stare at you because I just love you that much, dude. I pray, dude, that one day you guys find somebody like that where I just want to be in your presence, All that stuff you give me is cool, dude. It's just sprinkles on top of the cake, dude. This sprinkles on top of the ice cream, dude. Well, truthfully and honestly, I just want to be near you, right? That kind of humility takes my breath away, y'all. Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest, right? I want your will to be done, not mine, right? That's what he said in Matthew twenty six thirty nine, right? God said, I want your will to be done, not mine. That's when he was talking to his father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want your will done, not mine. Think about it, guys. How hard is that, dude? How hard is that to say, I don't want to be in control anymore. I want you to lead me, Lord. I don't want to be in control anymore, Lord. Please take control over my life. That's what the that's what Jesus said to the Lord before his arrest. Before he was crucified, guys. I want your will to be done, not mine. How hard is that for you guys to step outside, dude, and just say, I don't want to do it anymore. Lord, you have to lead me. I'm tired. My burden is way too heavy, and my yoke is just choking me out, dude. Take it all away from me, Lord, please. Looking all raggedy and unstable, unsuitable for the occasion, Mephibosheth is showing us what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's not about the extras. It's about the intimacy. It's not about the show. It's about the secret place. It's not about what I get. It's about getting to know God. The greatest reward of bringing your damage to God isn't that he will heal you, although that's pretty amazing. The greatest award reward for bringing your damage to God is getting to know your designer. More than mental and emotional health, more than life-giving intimacy and marriage, more than success and influence, more than purpose... I honestly believe that all those blessings and more are what our designer has in mind for us and that he's ready to pour them out when we're ready to receive them. But I also know after walking with the king for a good while now that the purpose of those blessings is to draw us deeper into the source of them all oh man it was a deep chapter guys like i tell you guys every week it doesn't matter dude every week is a deep chapter dude and i'm kind of sad dude because we're coming up to the last chapter chapter 10 that'll be next week dude and i'm gonna go and try to find another book or something to talk about right but i mean during these past nine weeks brothers and sisters i pray that you guys have found you found something dude to help you work on your trauma Working on you to be a better person for the people that you're around on a daily basis, dude, whether it's your kids, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, dude, whatever you're into, dude, because we know we suck as human beings, dude. As a veteran, we all suck as veterans, dude. We're emotional fucking. We're emotional disasters. We are. We're, we are. We are bad people. Right. We 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 we, we talk ugly. We say nasty things we feel worthless we feel like we could have done better we could be better right and it's a lot of hurt that we have to work on it sucks it's hard work but i'm praying over the last nine weeks dude you guys have been growing and becoming a better person for who you are and what you believe in right like this is tough stuff dude but nobody says you have to do it by yourself right lord our father jesus and the holy spirit are here to help walk you through this on a regular basis i a daily basis if need be if you're talking to him and i hope you guys are talking to him on a daily basis right because this life is hard guys it's tough it's freaking hard dude nobody said this crap was easy i'm telling you right now so I pray guys that you guys are taking care of yourselves, right? We have to become better people. Nobody's going to help us. Dude. Nobody's going to help us. They say they want to help us, but they're not going to help us. We have to do this on our own, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Like I told you guys, it was a short chapter this week. I thought it was a little bit shorter. What do you guys think, dude? Let me know what you guys think. I thought it was a little bit shorter than usual, but, I mean, I don't know, dude. Hopefully, hopefully it was a good chapter for you guys. It was really good for me. Like I said, I read it, and I was like, dang, it's already over. I was like, dang, I thought I was missing a couple of pages or something. But it's a really good book, man. So, I'm, I pray that you guys are getting some support and some help that you need in the understanding the hurt, right? The hit, the hurt, the hindrance it's doing to you. So... I got to tell you guys, you guys want to talk, reach out to me, dude. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on X. I'm on every platform, dude. I don't, I don't play on a lot of them, but I'm on there just so you guys can reach out to me and talk to me and see how everything's going, man. I pray that's going good for you guys, man. You know, guys, I, I love you guys. You guys are very important. There's nobody here else on this earth that can do what you can do. We need you here. We have to reduce this number, dude. There's 44 veterans a day. It sucks, dude. And I pray that one of these one of these episodes can help stop you from doing what you think you need to do. Right? Nobody else is nobody else is going to be able to do what you can do, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Like I said, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Share this content, dude. Get this out of here, man. I tell them my goal is to hit twenty thousand downloads by June, guys. Twenty thousand downloads by June. I think I'm sitting at close to fourteen thousand right now, dude. So I only need six thousand more downloads, and the only way I can get that is when you guys share this content. Share this content, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, whatever you guys are listening to this on. Share the content, please. Give it to your brother. Give it to your sister. Give it to your mother. Give it to your father. Give send this content out so people can hear this. Right, the people need to hear the Lord's message. This is the Lord speaking through us during this time that I get to spend with you guys, dude. Share the content, right? Our job isn't to make believers. Our job is to plant the seed and hopefully that somebody can water it and somebody else can watch it grow, guys. That's all I'm trying to do with you guys, man. I love you guys, man. Remember, guys, hit the stone of it. We got your six. So the keys, the trap, the bank, the stacks, the money in the pot, the hand to shoot the press, the pain, the struggle, the ways to a adapt, the point you fell off, no, the moment you bounce back. I am the boom, so stick to the toe. I am the karma, so play it how it goes. I am the rest recipe, the food on the stove. I am above, I refuse to be below. I am important, cause I am unique. I am the lesson, so learn it. From me, I am the pavement made in the streets. I am the mercy, Mary M.R.C.